The Islanders win their third straight with another solid effort and have some momentum heading into their four-game West Coast road trip. We've got our key takeaways from the game and a big preview of Sunday's contest in Seattle. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Lots to get to today. Islanders with a 2-1 to win over the Blue Jackets. We will talk about some of the outstanding players on this team and some of the good news surrounding this game. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on today's show, Feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I am live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So join me for some instant insight and analysis. And uh, always great to interact with Islander fans game time or anytime. So please do get in touch via Twitter. Uh, also, you could leave uh, you know notes on our Facebook page uh, or you can email me. So always great to hear and discuss a little Islanders hockey with Islanders fans. So, the Islanders with a 2-1 to one win over the Blue Jackets. Unfortunately, Ilya Sorokin ends up losing the shutout with 21 seconds left in the game, uh, give or take uh, a half a second here or there. But, you know, I really wanted to get him the shutout. And you look at the shots on goal, 36-21 to 21 in favor of the Islanders. And uh, first of all, Jonas Corposalo, hats off to him. 34 saves, played very well. This game would have been even more out of hand, so I always try to give credit to the opposition when credit is due. But let's, let's start with the good news. Uh, there are certain players, you know, because of all the injuries— and we'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the show. But there was no Oliver Wallstrom, no Simon Holmstrom, none of the major injured players who missed the last game on Tuesday played tonight. 
uh, which meant we still had Hudson Fashing. Ross Johnston was in, by the way, in place of Oliver Wallstrom. And then Parker Wotherspoon still playing on D. Corey Schneider still backing up Ilya Sorokin. But look, this was a great game for J.G. Pajot. A goal, an assist, uh, you know, wins 10 out of 17 faceoffs. And uh, that's always a plus because he's good there. Casey Sezikis, uh, 12 out of 15 faceoffs. Atu Ratu, again, not a spectacular game for him. Only 8 minutes and 53 seconds of ice time. But two shots on goal and wins 8 out of 12 faceoffs, blocks a shot. Again, you know, he's playing fourth line, a fourth-line role. And he still gets the two shots on goal, isn't afraid to block the shot, ends up even in the plus-minus, but really did a good job. Sorokin, 20 saves, solid effort. Like I said, shame that he lost the shutout. But what about Casey Sezikis? Always been a center. Now with all the injuries going on, he has moved at times to the wing. Is Casey Sezikis complaining? No, not at all. And... He seems to be sort of a little reinvigorated playing on the wing. How about Anthony Bavillier moving to the right wing? Not his natural position. But he seems to be playing better hockey that way. Three shots on goal for Bo. A little more than 18 minutes on the ice. Credited with a hit. Credited with a block. Uh, I mean, this last two or three games... We've seen a better version of, of Anthony Bavillier. He didn't figure in the scoring tonight. But the, the fact of the matter is, if Bo plays the way he did Tuesday and Thursday of this week, uh, he is really going to pick his game up and, and, and have a great second half of the season. And the frustrating thing is, you know, we've seen this from Anthony Bavillier before. And the, and the problem is, that he'll go a game, two games, three games, playing at this high level, and then it has sort of, it sort of falls off. We don't want it to fall off. And if he can get consistent and play this kind of hockey consistently, he becomes a very valuable player. And I have to tip my hat to Hudson Fashion. 13-37 of ice time, a takeaway, a hit, Two shots on goal, an assist, and a plus one in this game. But here's the deal. Hudson Fashing, again, fourth-line guy. Smart. He's just smart, and he keeps it simple. There was one play that he got the assist leading up to the goal, scored by Pajot. And Fashing just made a great move to the net, got the puck back on his forehand, Pajot ends up poking home the rebound, and that was great. Another time he went into the zone, made a little fake that got him a little bit of time and space, and then centered the puck, uh, set up a scoring chance. These are little things, but, you know, he'll get the puck deep when he needs to get the puck deep. Smart, simple, efficient, and that's what you want from your bottom six forwards. The occasional offensive uh, offensive goal, assist, production, but smart, solid, positionally sound hockey. And I'm saying this, and I'm saying this right now. Even when some of the injured players come back, the Islanders have to make room 
for Hudson Fashing because he is earning a lot more ice time without question. Uh, three block shots for Scotty Mayfield. He had a solid game as well. Parker Weatherspoon, 14 minutes and change on the ice. He had a solid game. The, the other amazing thing in this contest, <clears throat> the Islanders ended their power play drought. Matthew Barzal, remember he had zero goals for like the first 19 games or whatever it was of the season? How about this? Eight goals now. Is that unbelievably high? No, it's not. But you know what? It puts him on a pace uh, that would get him, you know, a, a, what, 17, 18 goals for the season? You you get 17 goals, let's say, from Matthew Barzal and 60 assists? i take that. I, I would take that as a season uh, from Barzi, especially if he doesn't have that scoring winger on, you know, on his line. So I think, again, that was uh, a good goal. The power play looked a little better, although the first one was still kind of shaky. But uh, as the game went on, the power play improved. And just, just to get chances and to be smarter with the puck and get the puck into the zone and keep it there and move without the puck, the little things that I've been complaining about in the second and third period they were not a problem. Four shots on goal in this game for Alexander Romanov. You don't see that every day. And how about Brock Nelson leading everyone with seven shots on goal in this game. Also won seven out of 11 face-offs. So, you know, it wasn't flashy. It wasn't pretty. But it was smart, efficient hockey. And you know what? When the Islanders are playing at the top of their game... That's how they win. The five goals in the last two games before this one, they're great. But that's not this team's M.O. And to, you know, you got the two points against a team you're supposed to beat. The game wasn't as close as the score for most of the second and the third period. And overall, just a solid, smart performance by the New York Islanders. And I will take that any day of the week and bank those very important two points the Rangers got one point, so you picked up a point on them in the standings. And on we go to this four-game West Coast road trip, which should be very exciting. We have got more to come on today's episode. We'll preview the first game of this four-game West Coast swing against a surprisingly good Seattle Kraken team. We've got that and a lot more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the NHTSA. So you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it a home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you could even kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. But that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe 
and plan ahead to get a ride, it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in just 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So let's talk a little bit about Sunday. The Islanders start their four-game road trip against the Seattle Kraken. And, you know, surprisingly enough, the Kraken are playing some darn good hockey. Uh, They have lost their last two games, both of them by only one goal. But for the season, 18-11-4, that puts them right now in fourth place in the Pacific Division. But they're one point behind third place Calgary, and they have four games in hand. Uh, And they're only six points behind second place L.A., and they have five games in hand. So uh, Seattle right in the thick of things in the Pacific Division, only in their second year of existence. And, you know, this is a, a tricky situation because no, no one expected them to improve this much after their shaky expansion year last season. This is a team that, you know, they're only 13th in the league in goals scored, although, again, they're probably a little better than that because they haven't played as many games as a lot of other teams. They're 15th in goals again, so they're a little bit above average offensively kind of right in the middle defensively. Uh, Their power play, 20th in the league, 21% success. But how about the PK? Here's where the Islanders really need to take advantage. And I think the fact that the Islanders got off the schneid after 26 or 27 straight power plays in a row without scoring a goal before they get to Seattle is a good thing because they probably will be a little bit more confident and a little bit more relaxed. Seattle's penalty kill is 31st out of 32 teams, and they only kill off penalties 69.2% of the time. So better than three times out of 10, they are giving up a power play goal when they are short a man, and this is something that the Islanders hopefully will be able to take advantage of It's going to be an important thing in this game. Another factor that when you look at the numbers behind the Seattle Kraken, they have the second best shooting percentage of any team in the league. They may not be taking a lot of shots, but when they do, they tend to be quality shots and they do tend to find the back of the net. So again, the Islanders, just like they did against Columbus, They have got to play sound positional hockey and not give up quality chances to the Blue Jackets. Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer are the two goalies. Jones is the starter. 14-5-3, a solid record for the season. 299 goals against average. Only an 888 save percentage. Grubauer, on the other hand, uh... 3-6-1, 3-6-1, a 3-2-8 goals against average, and an 8-89 save percentage. So it seems like the Kraken prefer to play in front of Jones 
score more for Jones, but uh, Grubauer has a slightly higher save percentage. Offensively, Jared McCann leads the way with 16 goals. Andre Burkowski has 28 points. Jordan Eberle, the former Islander with 27 points, he's second on the team. And Marty Beneers has 25 points. So those are the big guys. Daniel Sprong also with 10 goals on the season. We look at the line combinations for the Kraken. And in the top line, Beneers, McCann, and Eberle. Max Wenberg, uh, excuse me, Alexander Wenberg, centering the second line. Jaden Schwartz to his left, Borkovsky to his right. Yanni Gord is the third line pivot. Ryan Donato and, uh, and Oliver Bjorkstrand are his wingers. And then Morgan Geeky is the fourth line center. Brandon Tanev and Daniel Sprong on either side of him. On defense, Adam Larson and Vince Dunn, the top pair, followed by Jamie uh, Oleksiak and Justin Schultz, and then Carson Soucy and William Borgen are the third pair. We mentioned Grubauer and Jones as the goalie. Right now, uh, Jonas uh, Donskoy is on the IR, as is Chris Dreidger. So those are the players that are out of the lineup, more or less a healthy team in Seattle. And, you know, this is a, a New Year's evening game so hopefully any celebrations the night before have been recovered from by then but first game of a west coast road trip it's eight o'clock eastern time which i think will reduce the uh effect of the jet lag a little bit for the islanders and oh yeah by the way while the islanders don't play until sunday the Kraken play the Edmonton Oilers on Friday night at home. That's a 10 o'clock Eastern time start. So the Islanders will have Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday off. They have two days off, but they have to make the coast-to-coast trip. Meanwhile, the Kraken will have one day off, uh, and then they will be hosting the Islanders. Should be a great game, and you really want to keep the momentum of this winning streak going. And... Uh, really just keep it going because things are so tight right now in this division. And uh, Islanders still now uh, tied for fifth with the Rangers, 44 points. One point behind the Capitals. Uh, Penguins, Devils, there's two points separating second place and sixth place in the Metropolitan Division and that is uh, why every game becomes so important for the New York Islanders. We have got more to discuss on today's show. We have our Islanders' birthday of the day, a player who was with the Islanders briefly in the late 80s. Let's see if you can guess who this left wing is. And uh, we have a, an interesting statistic from tonight's game that I think demonstrates how well the Islanders played, and we'll talk about that as well. All that and more coming up on today's Locked on Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And today, Friday, is the 57th birthday of former Islanders left wing Mike Stevens, the Kitchener, Ontario native drafted by Vancouver 
back in the 1984 entry draft, third round. Now it would be the second round, 58th overall. Played for the Kitchener Rangers uh, and, you know, never scored 20 goals in a season. Had a couple in juniors of 19 and 17 goals. Made his NHL debut for the Canucks in 84-85. Had three assists in six games. And then played for the Boston Bruins and the Islanders in 88-89. Nine games, one goal, 14 penalty minutes. Uh, Later played one last NHL game for the Maple Leafs in 89-90. And then spent the rest of his career in the minors and then in Germany where he finished out his pro career after the 03-04 season. For his NHL career, Stevens had 23 games, one goal, five points, 29 penalty minutes. But here's the thing. He was sort of a fringe NHLer, but in the minors, he was a tough, dedicated guy who would typically get more than 200 penalty minutes and score 20 to 30 goals in the minors with the Maine Mariners in 87-88. 30 goals, 55 points, and 265 penalty minutes in 63 games. 31 goals, 230 penalty minutes, 92 points in 68 games for the Binghamton Rangers. And so the numbers keep going like that, where, you know, maybe he needed a little more time and space to shoot the puck Couldn't get that in the NHL, but in the AHL or the IHL, this guy could be a very, very valuable player, an all-star caliber player. We go back and look at his best game with the Islanders, November 29th, 1988, at the old Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Islanders and Red Wings. Billy Smith, the goalie for the Islanders, Greg Steffen, the goalie for Detroit, And it was the Maple Leafs getting on the board first, the Hall of Famer and now GM Steve Iserman. His 24th from uh, Gerard Gallant and Paul McClain at 333, Islanders down by a goal. Then, uh, Islanders shorthanded, Paul McClain makes it 2-0 Detroit. His 12th, Iserman and Gallant, that line hitting again on the power play at 1442. And it's 2-0, Isles trailing after one. Lots of fights in this game. Mick Vakota going with Jim Pavisi. A lot of roughing penalties. And then Jeff Norton, of all people, fighting Gerard Gallant. All of that just in the first period. So, uh, and Vakota and Pavisi got together again in the third period. So this was a, a physical rough game. In the second period, the Islanders get on the board. Our Islanders' birthday of the day, Mike Stevens, Potts, his first career NHL goal, and yeah, it would be his only career NHL goal, comes at 438, and Ken Morrow gets the assist. Islanders cut the deficit to 2-1, to one, but Iserman scores again for Detroit, his 25th from Gallant at 1238, and two minutes and 10 seconds later, Adam Graves makes it 4-1 to one Detroit, Tim Higgins and Rick Zombo with the helpers. But the Islanders weren't done. They rally in the third. Brent Sutter, his sixth from Kenny Morrow at 225. And then the Islanders get a power play opportunity when Tim Higgins is off for tripping. And Brian Trottier, his eighth from Miko Makala and Pat LaFontaine at 1721. Makes it four to three. Unfortunately, Gallant gets an empty netter with 25 seconds left from Iserman. Isles fall five to three, but... 
for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Mike Stevens. He scored on his only shot, and he got his only career NHL goal. He was a plus one in this game. Islanders, by the way, uh, had 42 shots in this game. Were, you know, they outshot Detroit 42 to 32, but were unable to win it 5 to 3. But big moment for Mike Stevens. He got his only career NHL goal, and he is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I want to touch on one more stat from last night's game against Columbus. And here it is. Johnny Goudreau, Mr. Hockey. Johnny Hockey. Best player on Columbus, especially when you consider all the injuries they have. You know how many shots on goal Johnny Goudreau had Thursday night at the UBS Arena? If I would have told you before the game started that that number would be zero, I think all of us would have said the Islanders had a pretty darn good chance of winning the game. In fact, Goudreau picked up four penalty minutes and no shots on goal. He did have an assist uh, on the only goal Columbus scored, which was with the M, you know, when they pulled their goalie and scored in the final minute. But the Islanders did a darn good job of taking away the best player on the ice for the Blue Jackets. Four penalty minutes, 20 minutes of ice time, and no shots on goal. That is how you neutralize the opponent's best weapon, and that is how you win hockey games. So, uh, congratulations to the Islanders on three straight wins. They got to keep it up because there is no margin for error in this Metropolitan Division. You want to make the playoffs, you have to keep winning. So, uh, hopefully the Islanders will be able to do that. I'd like to see this four-game road trip result in at least nine points, maybe even ten. 10. Hopefully they can get it done. I want to thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. Now make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in just 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked On Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back on Monday. And we will be having a special crossover episode uh, with Erica Ayala of Locked on Kraken as we break down what happened on Sunday. So please do join us for that. And I think Erica will give us uh, Islander fans a little different perspective on the Islanders, someone who doesn't watch the team uh, every day, but is a very, very good hockey expert and uh, we'll get an interesting impression from her as to what the Islanders look like on Sunday. Happy and a healthy New Year. Wishing everyone all the best as we head into 2023. Hard to believe that 2022 is over, but hopefully everyone will have a happy, healthy, and safe New Year. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.